At British Airways, we're recruiting in our ground operations team at London Heathrow. You'll have bags of responsibility as a valued colleague below the wing of our aircraft. Every touchdown and takeoff would not be possible without our brilliant team. So this is your chance to make a real difference and showcase your original skills and talents. New joiners will receive a £1,000 sign-on bonus, along with staff travel benefits from day one. Plus, we offer world-class training and career development opportunities. Bonus terms and conditions apply. Visit ba.com slash careers and apply now. NASA 557, contact tower 128.15. Caution, caution. Manual, fuel, manual, fuel. I'm John Golia. I'm Greg Fife. And I'm Todd Curtis. And we are the Flight Safety Detectives. Between us, we have over a century of aviation accident investigation and safety experience to draw on as we discuss issues that affect all of us. So we are qualified to share our perspectives on accidents and incidents and what can be learned from them for the future. We're proud to say that we have two sponsors that really relate to the topic of aviation safety. The Professional Aviation Maintenance Association, or PAMA, and Abemco Insurance. Later on in the show, we'll tell you how you can get a 5% discount on your insurance just for listening to the show. We don't just dissect the official reports. In every episode, we identify safety issues and take the mystery out of accident investigations. So maybe pilots in their planes can have safer flights ahead. Well, hello, Todd. Good afternoon to you. At it again. Indeed. I've chosen another uh, good accident. Involves a celebrity on a chartered flight coming out of the Bahamas, coming back to the U.S. on a U.S. registered 135 operation that has uh, more holes than... than uh, than any Swiss cheese I've ever seen. Uh, this this was a really illegal operation, and, and I like to just take it piece by piece because we have talked about it in general before. But, you know, one of the things that I have seen uh, too many times um, before going to the NTSB, while I was there and now after, is that a, a lot of these uh, celebrities or people with money will just automatically assume because you're running a charter co- corporation that you've got a safe operation and they assume that the FAA is in business to ensure that it's safe. And uh, sometimes that's not the truth. Sometimes there are mistakes made and uh, sometimes there's actual illegal operations like we see in this particular one. So we will we'll get to it, but uh, I'll, I'll let you talk about the event first. This was an August 25th, 2001 event that occurred in the Bahamas with the Cessna 402B. And there were eight passengers and one crew person on board, the pilot in command. And the celebrity passenger was Leah Houghton, whose stage name was Leah. She was 22 years old when she was killed. And apparently she and many of the passengers were in the Bahamas for some sort of video shoot. The media had a lot of attention on this Bahamas incident simply because of the celebrity who was on board. And because it was in the Bahamas, it was investigated by the Bahamian authorities, which uh, produced a a formal accident report. And they were working closely with the U.S. authorities on this. And the accident report, it was very clear that many, many, 
many things were not making sense here. Uh, for instance, this is a single runway airport. And although the winds are only from two to four knots, instead of taking off into the wind on runway nine, the pilot took off almost 180 degrees uh, from the wind with a tailwind on runway 27. Uh, they lifted off and about uh, reportedly about 40 feet off the ground. It went into a nose high attitude and rolled over to the left and hit the ground cartwheeled and uh, everyone was killed by the either the blunt force yeah. trauma or the, the post-crash fire. Although there were three people who immediately survived, they succumbed to their injuries before they were hospitalized. And just looking at this report, there were so many things that didn't make sense. As John alluded to earlier, this was a Part 135 operation, specifically allowed to only have one pilot operate the aircraft as a Part 135 aircraft. That that person was the owner of the company. He was not the pilot. The pilot who did fly this aircraft was hired two days before the accident by this company. And therefore, it was in violation of their Part 135 certificate to have him flying to begin with. But it gets better. Apparently, some months before this event, the pilot had, for lack of a better word, falsified his logbook, adding hundreds of hours of flying time multi-engine, single-engine, et cetera, to his logbook, including using tail numbers for aircraft that either were no longer registered or different model aircraft entirely from what was in the logbook. And so I'm going on the assumption that this was a completely falsified record. And in addition, uh, the operation of the flight itself, there was, according to witnesses, uh, some discussion between the pilot and the uh, passengers as to whether they should go and who they should put on board, and uh, make a long story short, the aircraft was about 940 pounds over the max takeoff limit, and it was about five and a half inches beyond behind the at a, um, a center of gravity limit, which uh, sort of explained the uh, pitching up at, at takeoff. So a lot of things conspired here to allow this aircraft to crash, I think the biggest part of this was the operation of the airline. In my opinion, to have so many things go wrong with the certification of the pilot, apparently there, there may have been no real vetting of this pilot's qualifications. In fact, the authorities said that they couldn't even find maintenance logbooks for this aircraft. So they had been guessing as to whether or not these air, these the aircraft or the engines, et cetera, had even had their required inspections uh, performed at the right intervals. So why don't we just take this one piece at a time? And on, on this show, let's just talk about the pilot uh, in, in chartering an airplane. So one of the things that Greg and I both do when we when we get asked by people or companies that want to start chartering, chartering airplanes is we'll go in and vet the company. Right, and we'll look through the records, and we'll just leave the company aside. And but we'll go look at the pilots too. And it's not uncommon for us to recommend that only certain pilots that are employed by that company fly that individual. So we make that part of the contract that says when Harry contracts with your flying service, the following pilots will be the only ones allowed to fly this person and because we've vetted them we checked their training records we've gone through to make sure that they haven't done anything 
uh, unusual with their uh, recording of their, their experience and, uh, and made sure that they were current in all aspects of the type of assignment uh, that to be expected. And we make that part of the contract. And that's not unusual. And a lot of the, the uh, companies, the charter companies, don't particularly like that. Uh, but you know what? The customer can can uh, demand what he wants, and they'll pay accordingly. Sometimes you have to pay more to, to pull those people off. Uh, oftentimes, you can't get a charter at the last minute because you restricted the pilots, and they might be off on another trip. So there's, there's a downside to it, too. But if you're just looking to protect yourself, uh, you have to do something. Now, one of the other things that we have seen in this charter business, especially for entertainers, is that it does seem that their managers who charter these operations don't go for the, the gold standard. Far too many of them are, are going for these this type of carrier. Maybe not as gross as this one was, but they're going for, for an operation that isn't exactly stellar, in my opinion. All right. So now you have you you're not picking the best that's available. You're picking uh, with other criteria, uh, maybe just uh, revenue, just money. I don't know, but in any event, what we've seen in far too many cases is that the charter companies that the managers for these entertaining groups have chosen are oftentimes not the best and not the people that we would have chosen. So that's why when we go in and we talk to them and uh, we act as their agent, we are quite specific on sometimes the airplane type, but very often on the who, the pilots that, that are going to be allowed to fly these people, which we also caution the, the charter customer to make sure that you reserve your airplane early so that they have the company has the ability to juggle their fleet around and their their personnel around so that you get what you want and not get hung out to dry and this so, is not something that's unique to aviation this is if you can pull back a little bit think of this as a business situation whether you're an individual or whether you're representing an organization you're contracting services from a third party well, if you don't have the expertise in the house to analyze whether or not this is a, a good contract or a good party to work with, you hire a third party or you use a trusted third party who does this sort of thing, whether it's broking aircraft or finding hotels for a conference, and make sure that everything is satisfactory to your end, that you don't have any major surprises. And in this case, uh, it, it's unclear whether there was any kind of formal vetting done by the people who hired this aircraft. Again, the, uh, the various parties involved, without going into a big backstory, there were lawsuits after this, this accident, and the Singer's family did get a settlement from several parties. And as usual, those sorts of things are private. But rather than work hard after the fact, work not necessarily hard, but work appropriately before the fact. Check out the airline. Check out the people you're working with. Ask around. See if they have a reputation that's good, bad, or otherwise. You know, most people don't realize that the FAA standards are the minimum required. Many operators uh, will run their operation a lot higher than the minimum. I mean, I worked for a charter company who, who was so risk adverse that uh, it was amazing how many trips he didn't fly. 
where others would fly him, but he, he just wouldn't do it. He wouldn't bend. Uh, a very, very safe operation. If he ever had an accident, I, I tell you what, it really would have been an unusual circumstance because he just weeded out all the risk that he could out of the operation. But that's not the case across the board. And that costs money. And if you got an operation that doesn't have uh, the financial wherewithal, they may not want to spend the money or be able to spend the money. Fortunately, the guy I work for, uh, they were quite wealthy and their company did quite well. So they had the resources to make it all work uh, for the better of for their customers. But some of these uh, entertainers, we go up there, spend too many entertainers having access, both both flying and in particular as passengers. And politicians is the other one. I mean, we've been we've been asked to uh, take a look at political charters as well as this this new season opens up. Most people have probably forgotten that Vice President Pence at one point in time was going down the runway sideways in LaGuardia because landing in a snowstorm with icy conditions and both pilots hadn't been there before. And uh, or maybe one was there a long time ago, but in any event, they weren't there anywhere current. And uh, that was a near miss on the part of that airplane with, with uh, Vice President Pence on the board. So it's, it's not uncommon. And if you're going to charter an airplane, you should do your homework or have somebody else do the homework for you. Don't take the word of the, the company that you're chartering, especially for pilot qualifications, because this this uh, this logbook, I'll just call it a logbook, uh, that had some questionable hours and, and uh, flying in it uh, is not uncommon. Because one of the things that's missing in society today, not just in aviation, but in society as a whole, is professional ethics. And, uh, you know, a bunch of years ago, uh, I gave a couple of commencement speeches, and that very subject was what I talked about, professional ethics. And uh, we're seeing all too often today, I saw it a lot when I was with the NTSB, that there's a there's a gap there with professional ethics. And it, it's not just confined to uh, one level of management, shall we say, or the workforce. Uh, it's right at the bottom with the pilots. The, the guys that are operating the airplanes, and it goes all the way up to the top to the people who own the CEOs of the operation. And, and when not- you mention, mention that within this accident report, reading between the lines are a couple things along those lines that jump right out at me. Uh, an accident report mentioned that the aircraft was the the airline rather was not authorized to fly to and from the Bahamas. I'm thinking, okay, do they just show up at the airport and not talk to anybody? There was also no record or no indication that there was any communications with the tower or with any of the flight controllers there. Now, I don't know if there was no communication or that there was communication and nobody reported it or something else, because although the report had a lot of details in it, some questions were left unanswered, such as how can an airline not authorized to take off and land in the Bahamas be even allowed to land in the Bahamas? And why weren't they kept on the ground? The safety uh, system of air traffic control and the Civil Aviation Authority of the Bahamas. Their role in this was not thoroughly explained, in my opinion, in this report. You know, that's, you've, as you were talking, I was thinking of one, again, when I worked for this particular charter company, and we had a rather uh, famous person on board, and 
uh, was going into a, a uh, an airport in Canada with no control tower, no local weather. And when I looked up on the, we always had the weather running on a big screen TV in dispatch. And I looked up and the whole eastern seaboard was just, you know, from from New Jersey all the way up into Canada was just reds and yellows. And uh, when they told me that they had no control tower, no local weather, I said, we're not going in there. Airplane's already on its way. We're not going in there. I said, divert it. So there was an airport with the services we needed uh, 50 miles away. I said, that's where the airplane's going. And somebody said, what about the customer? The customer's going with it. That's where the airplane's going. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not going to take that risk. And uh, we didn't. So it takes management oversight sometimes to look at what's going on. You know, it's a system. It's a system. It's an aviation system. And it starts on the bottom with the guy on, that's loading the airplane and maintenance and the pilots and moves up to the chief pilot and the upper management, however slim it might be. All right, whether it's a, a you know three or four person operation or if it's United Airlines, it all it goes up. You got to have oversight of what your operation is, what's going on, and you need to have your own personal minimums. It maybe exceed the, what the FAA says, and in this case, these people didn't even meet the FAA standards. So, I guess the lesson is, uh, is if you're going to charter an airplane, there's a lot of things to pay attention to. And if you if you don't have the ability to do that, contract with somebody who does. So if there was going to be a second to last word here, um, in my case, and in both of our cases here, we picked this accident because it was part of a group of accidents that involved a celebrity. And we'll be honest, uh, celebrity related accidents tend to get more traffic on our on our channel than those that are not. But the issues are no different than from any other accident. If so, uh, celebrity involvement gets people, more people to pay attention, that's a good thing. But it doesn't change what you, the passenger, has to do if you're chartering an aircraft. It doesn't change the situation if you happen to be a flight crew or a cabin crew or management that wants to get the business, business of a celebrity because this is great for business. But in the process of doing so, you do things that you wouldn't do normally. On both sides of this, you know, act as though you're a regular person. If you're a celebrity, go through the process of checking out who you're working with, whoever your business partners are. If you're a business catering to celebrities, do the same. Yes. Yes. I guess I'll lose my standard line. You know, if you're going to go flying, do a good pre-flight or pre-planning session before you leave for the airport. Do it again when you're at the airport. When you get out to your airplane, do a good pre-flight. Very important. We're gonna we've got uh, several airplane accidents that we're gonna cover soon that involve pre-flights that were not accomplished very well and resulted in an accident. So they're they're in the queue. And after you get in the airplane off the ground, put that head on a swivel because man, are there near misses out there. And I'm, I've been pulling them up, trying to save them all, and I've got quite a stack so far of near misses in the, in the last 10 or 12 years. But it seems like an awful lot of them in the last couple of years, you know, since there's been this big push to try to get as many pilots as we can to fill the seats. Great job. Can't blame anybody for wanting 
that has the desire and wants to get in and get the training to get those jobs, I, I wish them well. But they need to really pay attention and understand the width and breadth of what they're doing and to save their own butt, never mind their, uh, other people's. So with that, please, please fly safely. Thank you for checking out our show. We really value our listeners and subscribers. Our podcast gets ranked by you and how much you like it. So please give us five stars in your podcast platform. We want to keep in contact with you. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, YouTube. You can email the show at flightsafetydetectives at gmail.com. By the way, if you're on YouTube, we're really working on growing the channel, and it helps if you all send in comments. Please do that, and we read all the comments. And be sure to subscribe. Remember, if you're in the market for aviation insurance, you can save 5% with Avemco just by mentioning our show. Visit them at www.avemco.com. That's it for this episode of the Flight Safety Detective. Until the next episode, fly safe. At British Airways, we're recruiting in our ground operations team at London Heathrow. You'll have bags of responsibility as a valued colleague below the wing of our aircraft. Every touchdown and takeoff would not be possible without our brilliant team. So this is your chance to make a real difference and showcase your original skills and talents. New joiners will receive a £1,000 sign-on bonus, along with staff travel benefits from day one. Plus, we offer world-class training and career development opportunities. Bonus terms and conditions apply. Visit ba.com careers and apply now.